Hey, what's up, what's up? It's your man Sam. Man, we got a great, great, great podcast for you. Uh, special guest coming in the building, Mr. Anwar Jameson. Yes, the director, writer, producer, author. Yeah, he wrote a book. Um, it's all right there. We're going to talk about his latest project, Coming to Africa. It's a play on the classic Coming to America Man, I got a chance to uh, watch an advanced copy, and it, it is funny. I like it. I'm going to do my best to talk about it without spoiling it, because even though I got the advanced boy, it's coming to VOD very, very soon. So please check out my man, Anwar Jameson. And um, I got this intro going on um, um, about this, and I'm so excited because, well, well, I'll get to it in a second. Everything about the Just Talk with Sam podcast can be found at our homepage at samshownation.com. Yes, samshownation.com. Right there on the homepage and current promotions page, there's a donate button. Click that donate button. Give whatever you feel we should have to keep the free funny rolling. Um, you guys have been doing that for the last 10 years. We've been doing this, and we thank you for it. But uh, it keeps the podcast rolling, so thank you uh, for doing that. Um, also, you can always go to samshownation.com. You can hit that store link if you want a little bang for your buck. You can get all of our swag there, whether that be t-shirts, whether that be hats, whether that be whatever you need. is all right there at samshownation.com. Yes. Um, the podcast itself. You can always go to samshownation.com, hit the podcast link, and you can catch up on all of your favorite podcasts. You can listen to it again. You uh, Maybe you missed one. It's all right there. Um or maybe you listen to um, podcasts a little differently. We're pretty much on every podcast outlet. Um, we are also on, I mean, some of those include Google Play, CastBox, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and the big dog itself, ApplePodcast.com. And on all of our uh, platforms, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We love it when you do that. And um, we got a few promotions this week, and I am so amped. For this one because I, I I'm, I'm giddy as I read it I'm, I'm feeling good guys I got an announcement you go to the current promotions page and do this hey football is back yes football is back can't contain my excitement football is back and the good folks at nflshop.com is still rocking with samshownation.com guys you can go to the promotions page click the nfl shop link and get your collection going whether that be the nfl on the field collection you can support your team with the sideline uh, collection my ladies they got the wear line from aaron andrews you can support your team and still be fashionable you can oh my god you can play nfl fantasy um on here you can with the kids uh you can get custom stuff it's all right there whatever you need to do to support your team because football is back go to samshownation.com click the nflshop.com link and by doing that you can get the sam show nation special by clicking that link on the promotions page and free shipping no matter how much you spend free shipping some exclusion free shipping 
no minimal purchase by putting in the code sideline at checkout sideline at checkout please support your team it's a limited time on hurry up because this offer is for a limited time only some exclusions man but please go to nflshop.com via samtronation.com football is back okay second sponsor you know it's couple people out there who um i said football is back in the last one but maybe you need to get some stuff done around the house uh maybe you need some snacks maybe you um you just you just need stuff you just we all need stuff to make football being back so special and one place you can get this stuff is the good folks at target go to samshownation.com you click that target link and by clicking that target link you yes you you can get all the deals. You can go to Target, expect more, pay less. You can check out all all deals. Check out their most popular deals on a weekly basis by going to samshownation.com, clicking the Target link. Whether it's for the home, whether it's for outdoors, and they have many ways of shopping. Maybe you want to go to your friendly neighborhood Target. They have contactless shopping options you could drive up they put it right in your car no signature required they load it they put it right in your car for you and you could do that by going to samshownation.com clicking the target link or getting the target app by going to samshownation.com or um to the people who don't even want to risk that contact the shopping office options they have same day delivery so the shopper will leave it right at your door they take off and that's it. You get that with the membership or a not uh, $10 or more order. So please check it out with samshownation.com. Shops, you, you know, expect more, pay less right there at Target. And lastly, certainly not leastly, the big dog, the granddaddy of them all. Amazon.com. Yes, Amazon has everything from A to Z. Amazon.com has everything you need. Who are you kidding? That's how the internet works. You were going to Amazon anyway. So please go to SamshawNation.com. Click the banner on the homepage and current promotions page. Click that Amazon link. Get everything from A to Z. Maybe get some school stuff. Maybe you want to check out some of the Amazon originals like Jack Ryan. Maybe, you know. You're doing the DVR thing for the core cutters. You got that Fire TV recast. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Maybe you want to listen to some Amazon music. Maybe you want to be like me, catch up on uh, The Boys. Great comic book. Well, great comic book? Great comic book show. So please, check it out. It's all right there. Go to Hit the Amazon banner on the SamShowNation.com page. Right there on the homepage and current promotions page. So that's enough of me for right now. What I'm going to do, I'm going to reset these mics. See you guys in about 90 seconds. This is Just Talk With Sam Podcast, y'all. Just Talk With Sam Podcast. Just put your name on it. If you don't talk about it, be about it. Don't know this till like right now.
seriously. Subscribe right with you on iTunes, y'all. Obviously, if y'all just listen, we, we never write this out. And we're back. Another edition of Just Talk With Sam Podcast. Just Talk With Sam Podcast. We got my man, Anwar Jameson, calling into the podcast. It's going to be great. We're going to talk about the movie Coming to Africa, which is a play on the classic Coming to America. But before we jump into that, before we take that call, before he calls in, I got somebody with me who is, in short, soon to be the man. I want to talk to someone who um, who gets it. It is Football Sunday. This is, I want to give a quick shout out to my friends at the Active Coraline Podcast because this is their favorite member of the Just Talk With Sam podcast crew. The one, the only, the sensation. My boys are sensation. Charles Xavier. Say it. Say it, everybody. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Okay. You are my son, clearly. Yeah. But now that we got that out of the way, one thing I want to do is, guy, I don't know if you notice, we're recording this on football. This is the first time they have football. It's the of 2020, but it seems like so long, especially with the coronavirus and everything else. We did our thing yesterday. Normally, we have a thing. We go to the game or do all that stuff, but we tailgated at home. We socially distanced. I grilled stuff. You got a chance to eat a couple hamburgers. It was all good, and we get a chance to watch the game at home. It's all good, and we're having fun. But, 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 one second, Charles. All right, I don't think you get our podcast work. I'm trying to set you up. You can't play with your mic like that, man. Okay, okay, let's do this. Okay, okay, let's start here. Guys who are listening um, my son's mic is a little different uh, he did take his allowance and then he got his own mic and it is like a gamer mic so you he keeps playing with the the part not the microphone but it's like the bar is like a flexible bar if I can say it that way I will say this 
Well, well Sunday football going on, and we're having a good time. We're watching football because football is back, baby. Football is back. One day, uh, one Sunday night, and we are. I need you because you with our fantasy football and the drafting and everything going on. Oh, uh, wait, wait. I, I need your help with my DFS lineup. I want to play a name game. Want to play a name game? You okay? Yeah, sorry. Okay. Sure. Quarterbacks for DFS today. Give me a name game. Okay. I have to pick between Kyler Murray and Ben Roethlisberger. Who should I pick? Kyler Murray costs a little bit more than Baron, but why? Kyler Murray, because he drafted. All right. What about, let's play a name game. Yeah, let's play a name game. Um, I don't want to spend the money for Christian McCaffrey since we're doing dad's DFS. He's gambling a little bit. But, but let's say... Boston Scott. Since um, Miles Sanders isn't playing, Boston Scott. You like Boston Scott? Wait. Oh, he played for the, uh, Philadelphia. He played for the Eagles. Wait, yeah, Christian McCaffrey traded? He's not traded. No, I'm just saying I don't want to spend the money on Christian McCaffrey. So what do you think about Boston Scott since there's no Miles, da Miles Davis? Oh, Miles Sanders. You're right, you're right. I said Miles Davis. Yeah. Wait, wait. Uh, who would you pick? Uh, Boston Scott or DeAndre Swift? Really? Even with AP here? Okay, I'll pick him. Let Let's do this. Okay. Let's put Boston Scott to two. And let's go with DeAndre Swift. Let's play cheap. Yeah. Now, for wide receiver. Why do you like DJ Chark so much? DJ Chark. DJ Chark. Okay, we'll get DJ Chark. Yes, yes he is. Yes he is. Okay, we'll pick DJ Chark, but who's my second wide receiver? Let's say, let's play it safe. Let's go with Adam Thielen. Alright, now we got a little bit more money to spend. How about we go Travis Kelsey for tight end? Well, well, we can't do that because he already played Thursday, so let's go TJ Hawkins Let's go Zach Hurts. Yes, yeah, Zach Hurts and TJ Hawkins. Okay, wait, let's do this. Mark Andrews or George Kittle or Zach Hurts? Zach Hurts and George Kittle. Okay, Zach Hurts. And George Kittle. Well, I think they, they're hurt, and we just talked about Miles Sanders, so let's go. Let's go Hurts. We can't go wrong with that. And then we'll, we'll pick our kicker. We'll pick a defense. And wait, we'll let's go. do a, a double combination. Uh, Kyler Murray and Ben 
as much as I like Stafford, I think Roethlisberger is going to have the better of everyone. And as much as I like Kyler, I just think, I just, mm, I'll flip the coin between those two. Whoever comes out cheaper DFS. But let's do this. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, hey, remember Dad's interview? Um, now, Elwin James is going to be calling any moment. We're getting ready for football. Um, and we're going to cheer right now. The undefeated Detroit Lions. Because they're undefeated as of the recording of this podcast. But um, as I get ready, you want to sit down and listen to the interview? All right. Well, let's do this. The phone's ringing. Let's get the phone. You can sit here. I'm turning off your mic. I'm going to turn off your mic. And we're just going to jump into this interview, okay? I know. I just say hi. Okay. Say hi right now. Hey. All right. Then you say hi. All right. Let's jump into this interview. And um, here we go. Hello. Hello. Hi, Anwar. Yeah, how you doing? I'm doing good. Anwar, this is Sam McClain from the Just Talk with Sam podcast. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm doing great. Hey, I was going to give you a quick call to start this interview about your project. Are you uh, Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Um, I'm hearing an echo with myself, though. Is that on my end? That's me. Or? That's me. Okay. Try now. Okay. Try now. Uh, one, two, one, two. Okay. Yeah, I'm good now. Yeah, um, it's just a it's just a wire we got. It's a loose wire. It happens every so often. I adjusted as soon as you said it. Oh, okay, cool. <clears throat> All right. So let's jump into it. Hey, Anwar Jameson, thanks for calling into the podcast, man. Thank you so much for calling. Uh, I want to jump into a lot of stuff before we get started. Please throw your socials out there because I want my people to check you out. Yeah, man, it's simply my name, um, at Anwar Jameson, that's A-N-W-A-R-J-A-M-I-S-O-N, and that'll get you to me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook the same, just my name. All right, I got I got a lot I want to talk to you about in very little time. Your time is precious, but for starters, I want to make sure you're safe. How are you holding up during this pandemic? Um, are you okay? What's going on? Man, I, I am, man. Thanks for asking. Just, you know, coping with it like everybody else. Uh, some of my family got hit kind of hard with it. Nobody passed, thankfully, early, early on. And since then, it's just been kind of, you know, here and there. So we just doing the best with it like everybody else. I appreciate it. But when you said doing the best with it, we ain't doing it like you, man. Like, you have been... Just really doing it with this movie. The movie is called Coming to um, uh, Coming to Africa. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now you you treading some lines when it comes down to coming to America. Yeah. But I got a chance yeah. to I got a chance to watch it, and I'm gonna pick my questions very carefully because I don't want to spoil anything because I really like the movie. Okay, I appreciate that. And you have been on a tour. You have uh, been nominated for a few awards with the film festivals in the middle of this pandemic. Tell me what that experience is like. It's been great, man, because um, it was, man, kind of a, a disheartening thing at first. You know, I'm like, here I am, biggest project I've done, you know, my most ambitious project. I'm looking forward to this nice 
festival run, had a situation in place to take it to theaters nationwide. You know, this has been my first time able to do all of that. And then this hit. So I was kind of down about that, man. But um, So I just was like, I was determined. At the beginning of this thing, I said to myself, a lot of people going to come out of this worse than they were, but a lot of people going to come out on the other side better, in a better position than they were. And I just started thinking, how can I come out better than I would have been? Like, what can I do? So I just started maneuvering and just coming up with strategies to make sure that I can still deliver the movie in a way that it deserves to be delivered. So uh, Las Vegas Black Film Festival was a great thing because uh, Miss Michelle over there, who's the director of that, she found a way to do a physical festival in the middle of all of this when everybody else was having to go virtual and do all of that. Mm-hmm. So it was cool to get together with some of the filmmakers, uh, won a few awards. Like you said, we were nominated for six. We won three of those. And just, to, man, to get together and kick it and had a good time, man, in That's the middle cool. of all of this, that was just a beautiful thing. So I felt like that was the icing on the cake, and now it's going to, you know, go to the next level as we prepare to release it, you know, to everybody. Well, speaking of the release, let's talk about the movie just a little bit. Like, everybody knows coming to America. That's just something near and dear to our hearts. But you flipped it. It's about two brothers going to Africa, specifically Ghana, for kind of the same reason, but different. Like like I said, I'm treading very lightly, so don't spoil <laughs> nothing. But in this case, you're going to Africa. What made you want to pick Africa? Uh, uh, Ghana. Well, um, first, a long time ago, I, when I was doing my research, I think a lot of people have that idea, man, one day I'm going to go to Africa, you know, and it's 54 different countries. So I was just doing research a long time ago. I just was like, hold on, if I really go one day, which country would I really go to? So I just started doing research, like, which countries do they speak English? Okay, check. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which which countries That's smart. are... Right, because I don't want to be walking around with a translator. I mean, I could do it, but I'd rather not. You know, I just want to be able to get around. And um, then I was looking at which countries were um, the safest. You know, I had the least violence, you know. And I started reading on Ghana, and the, the whole culture, everything about it, they were just like, it's the most peaceful, you know, um, peaceful, nicest people on earth. And then when I saw that they didn't have gun violence, I'm like, wait a minute, there's no gun violence. Like, nobody gets shot? Like, okay, that's where, you know, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm yeah, like, that's important. That's very important. Else. Right. You know, we grew up over here, like, you know, this could happen to you, that could happen, road rage, you don't even have to be in a, you know, it's just we live in America. So I was just like, wait a minute, like, you mean there's almost zero crime? And I was doing my research, and it was like, you know, the biggest thing to worry about is petty theft. And there's no violence. I'm like, okay, this sounds like the place for me. And then, um, just coincidentally, my cousin had the same idea, apparently. Uh, him and his wife went. So that's actually my cousin, Power, who's uh, starring in it with me, uh, with the dreads, who goes over to, to Africa. People see the trailer, they'll see him in it. And so they have been going over there now since 06, 2006, 2007, something like that. So they were steady building these relationships. And I already had Ghana planted in my mind. I'm like, this must be a sign. And then I had a classmate when I was in film school who she went over there at the same time. I'm like, okay, Ghana keeps popping up in my head for a reason. So over the years, they they came up with, you know, just uh, they cultivated different relationships over there that just 
made it more possible and made it realistic for me to do it. Now, one of the things in the movie, and it's a big um, take of the movie where it talk about culture shock, whether it be the characters or how they react to things in the movie versus what they react in the U.S. Now, I saw it in the movie, but did you personally experience that in the real world? Somewhat. Um, some of that experience was uh, power of my cousin already going over there and experiencing some of that. So some of the things that we included might have happened to him or certain things. Um, so I was, there's always a level, I guess, of culture shock when things are so different, but I didn't experience anything that had me like, uh, what am I doing here? You know, so a lot of things he was able to prepare me for that I probably would have been more shocked over had I not already had that preparation and know to expect it. So I had a little bit of that, but that's actually what helped me a lot because that was my first time over there. So originally my plan was to go over there, have a trip, you know, see what I want to see, finish the script, tighten it up, and then come back. And the next time I go, we shoot a movie. But as a couple years went by and I kept having false starts and I didn't get to shoot the movie, I was like, okay, I'm not going to have the, you know, the, the leisure of having a trip over there before I go. I was like, we got to do it the first time I go. So in a way, that was a cool thing because as I'm acting that out, I'm really living through this stuff for the very first time. So that actually played out in my advantage. Now, one thing about this movie, and like I said, I'm being very careful not to spoil nothing, but your <laughs> character is, right. is like um, go-getter, trying to climb the corporate ladder, but your cousin is more on the social issues, which is something that we have to battle to this day. I mean, like... When you look at that, that that's his duality at his best, where you have to show that this mindset, and then somehow, um, wording is right. Each their minds have to change each other. I hope that I hope that made sense without giving yeah. away too much. So, yeah. how did you come up with that? Because that seemed like this seemed kind of personal to me. It is, man. It's it's very personal. Um. Uh, you know, that's the conversation we have all the time. People would call it the barbershop conversation. Um, I think we all know people in our family and friend circles who kind of fall on different ends of that spectrum or you somewhere in the middle or it's parts of all of us in there, which is the part, you know, all the way to this side where we're like, look, we just need to do for self. This is what we got to do. We got to be self-reliant. We got to do all of this. And then you had those guys I'm on the other end of the spectrum, like, look, I don't care about all this. I'm American. This is all I like. All that other stuff don't matter. Like, look, let's just get this money. If you go get your degree and do all this, you won't have to worry about that. And it's a constant tug of war in the black community, you know, a constant conversation. So I was like, how can I bring that conversation to life in a way where I can get those points across without it being over the top preachy? You know, I wanted to present right, right. those two perspectives. So... You know, I'm nothing like on the, the side of the spectrum as the character I play, you know, but I can relate. So I'm like, if I could set that character up, because I know he speaks to a lot of people, a lot of people who feel like that, you know, in these debates on social media, especially with the climate right now, people going back and forth over all of that stuff. Oh, what do we do? What's the solution? What? And then somebody will say, well, we need to buy black and do this. And I would be like, man, that ain't going to help. What else? You know, it's these constant conversations. So 
I just wanted to bring that to life with, you know, realistic characters in that situation. Yo, real talk, I'm not trying to get on my Gail King here, uh, but I do see a theme in there because this is, it strikes me as very important while I was watching this movie. I watched it as a fan and watched it straight up, and then I watched it again to try to kind of get into your head a little bit before this um, interview. Like I said, I'm not on my Gail King, but one thing that was a theme in this whole movie was about representation. Whether it be blacks on film, whether it be uh, representing the people of Ghana, representing yourself. I mean, that seemed to be a huge theme in this project. If you don't mind, can you expand upon it? And if I'm completely wrong, just tell me, like, yeah, you you don't know what you're talking about. No, you are, man. You, you hit it on the head, definitely. Representation, that's a, a great way to sum it up because that is what it was about. So it started out as... Like, look, wait a minute, man. They, Africa's always just represented one way, period. It was like, okay, I started, um, I teach. You know, I teach, uh, I'm a college professor also. Oh, so, we'll jump into that. Yeah, so so I, I started doing this thing where after my cousin was in Ghana, he was showing me certain things. I'm like, okay, and that was early on, so I'm still at the age at that point where I'm going to the club kind of regularly. So I was like, man, what the clubs look like in Ghana? Like, what would I even do? So I Google this one club, and it comes up, and I'm looking at the pictures like, man, are you serious? I'm looking at all the, the, the beautiful women with their clothes on, the dudes dressed like us, trying to be fly, little, you know what I mean? I'm like, man, they look like us. So I start, I pull these uh, I pull this, the, the images up in class one day, and then I started doing this every year, but... I, I pulled it up and I just would click through the images and I told the students, all right, guess where this is? And uh, they, oh, that's Atlanta, uh, LA, uh, New York. You know, I would let them run out of all of their guesses and just let them go and go and go and go. And then I would be like, no, this is in Ghana over in Africa. And I would just see their mouths drop and I would just see all of this, like the expressions on their faces. And that would open up this dialogue that I could have with them about the things I was learning through my research and stuff about Africa, like, no, it's not like that. They had this, they had that. It's just like, if you in the city, you in the city. So it will open up that conversation. So the more I did that, it was like, man, what if I could do that in a movie? Like, they reacting like this just off pictures. I'm like, what if I could paint this real life scenario to represent, to provide a, a truer representation of what a city, a big city, you know, um, a, a metropolitan area yeah. in Africa would look like, you know, so I wanted to represent that. Then I wanted to have that conversation on screen about open it up. Like, hey, this is the stereotypes we get over here. You know, like, this is what we think about and have that conversation with a person on screen in Africa, you know, and kind of represent our point of view and, you know, almost apologetically, you know, like, now that I'm here, it's like, uh, you know, my fault. Like, this is what we always thought, you know. So, yeah, representation was a big thing, representing their perspective, uh, representing our perspective, um, representing the fact that all black men in America are not, you know, a monolith. You know, we have layers to us, too. So, yeah, representation all across the board is a big thing. That's what's up. Okay, all right. So I, I knew what I was talking about a little bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Alright, but you kinda touched on my next question because I really want to talk about uh coming to Africa. But I do want to talk about the man himself because you 
you have a good bio if you want to just break it down i mean like and here's what i learned you ain't never comfortable i mean (laughs) you were a child prodigy you started school at two you graduated at 16 um you're a professor you are a director you are a writer you are a music producer as well as a film producer so all right first things first First things first. Um, you're not comfortable. I, we figured that one out. I mean, you're good at adapting to situations. Anwar Jameson has that good at adversity. But <laughs> one thing I'm, I I was looking at this is because your experience is so different. How do you have that? Like you got to center yourself because you kind of sort of are the exception to the rule, where when you are talking about a project whether it be this one whether you be your past stuff you have to kind of recenter yourself to say look this is the message i'm trying to convey but not like you said be super preachy about it all right i know well, that's a lot in that question so i know so yeah so it's just as far as the not being comfortable it's um early on i was blessed to realize what my gift is and that's to write so early on, like I say, I started school early, man. I really was in kindergarten at two years old. I mean, my family and the earliest people around me have all these crazy stories, and it was real. So writing, you know, I was always an avid reader. I was reading early, early, early. I was writing early, and I was taking it seriously. So I was, I always knew I had a gift to write. So I was like, wherever that takes me, that takes me. So the not being comfortable thing just comes from I never had a concrete plan. Like early on, my goal, I wanted to be a great author. That's what I thought I was going to do. Like I wanted to be the next Richard Wright. You <laughs> know, when I was a kid, I wanted to yeah. be, you know, James Baldwin. I wanted to be, I wanted to be one of those guys. Like at a real early age, I'm like, I'm going to be a great writer. So then his hip hop thing gets into you, you know, it turns into rap. I'm like, okay. So now I'm known as one of the best at what I do. And I turn that into being an independent artist thinking I'll make it, you know, as a rapper. But then it's just like above and beyond everything, I was determined to do it on my terms and do it independently, whatever I did. So I just, I don't know why that was so ingrained in me. And I just looked at the examples of some people who did it their way. And I was like, okay, I don't want to jump on this plane in New York and go chase a record deal with LA and maybe get one and maybe not, maybe get a bad deal. Which is like, if I'm going to do it, it's going to be on my own terms. I'm going to be able to make it. So, I just, that not being comfortable was always that I felt like I have this gift in me. Every time I use it, people be like, oh, you wrote that? I, you made me cry when you wrote that, or you did this. Or the emotion that, hey, a lot of people made me feel like, okay, you have to get the most out of this gift. You might not know exactly what that is, but it, was, it would almost be a guilty feeling. Like, I'd be hard on myself if I'm not doing something right then. Because it was just my my gift was there. I knew what it was. And sometimes I feel bad for people who might be a mathematical genius or a scientific genius. And that's not as easy to identify. But everybody has to write when you go to school. So you're going to know if that's your gift. If the teacher's going to single you out, everybody's going to tell you. So I just always felt blessed that that I knew what my gift was. So that's where the... That, that motivation come from and never sitting still because I would really feel guilty if I wasted it or feel like I didn't squeeze every single thing out of it. So that just keeps leading me to different ways to, to express that. 
Well, you're Hip-hop right. Beef, I answered the question. <laughs> yeah, you're right because you did squeeze every every drop of the juice of this project because not only did I enjoy the movie, I did a little Facebook stalking. I enjoyed the behind the scenes of making the movie. I mean, like the yeah. behind the scenes, it documents how you made the film, the hard work y'all put in, those early mornings, late nights. Why do you think it was so important for you to show that to the public as well as the finished product? Well, I, I figure with that because it's so different than what you know that we see. So I already was like, the behind the scenes is going to be just as interesting to people as the movie, just because of how isolated we are from what the, the reality is in a city like Accra, Ghana. I'm like, we have no idea really what it looks like, what people's accents really sound like, um, the type of food they eat what type of music they listen to. So I already knew, okay, we got behind the scenes following us around the whole time shooting. I was like, I have to get all this footage out there because I just knew just the contrast of what we see over here compared to what we see over there would just be so educational to people, again, without having to try to be educational. You see, we're having a good time while we shooting, but it's like it still works. So I wanted to just let people in on that process because – it's always cool for people to see the process of filmmaking anyway, just over here. You know, people really have no idea what goes into it until they see something like that already just in America. But I'm like, you combine that with being on the continent of Africa doing it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, people have to see this. So, yeah, I just really got bogged down with um, making sure the movie was right and, and the responsibilities of the movie, which is why I stopped after that episode. But, yeah, I'm about to start dropping those again. So you were... You have some more to check out. I'm gonna take it all the way through the conclusion. All right, you know, all right. <laughs> I just got uh yeah, I just got bogged down, so I've been working on that. So yeah, they'll they'll be coming out the rest of the behind the scenes episode. In the meantime, I have been um like like I have watched some of your stuff and not know it, not connecting dots. Like I did watch I'm a bit of a sports fan. I watched Priceless Dream. I watch how you follow uh, Miss Carolyn Price and how, like, just just the love of this woman for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm a Lions fan. I have no idea what she's going through. But, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But um, to see that and to see when you talk about how you get a chance to resonate with people and how that experience, that had to rub off on you a little bit. Oh, absolutely, man. And that was – one of the greatest experiences, man. And there's even a story in a book about a Lions fan. <laughs> That's yeah, funny, yeah, we had you ours. Say you're a Lions fan, <laughs> she would say, uh, I'm, I'm ready for the documentary you. whenever you want. I'm ready for the documentary. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. But, uh, but yeah, so stuff like that, man, just um, that project came to me and just being able to connect with her and tell that story again, just another avenue to write. But I was like, people need to hear this story. And it was just like, when she got to telling me the story, it's, it's, um, it's really, there's a lot of tragedy that she endured in her life. And I'm just like, wow. So that part of it is, is what leads to the testimony. But then you see the connection, how the Dallas Cowboys really became therapeutic for her you know this is a woman who grew up in dallas in the segregation era before there were the cowboys and you know they come around when she's like in high school oh we got this new football team and then it's like that and she starts to kind of live through that and she had 
you know, she lost family members and, and through murder and through sickness. It would always kind of be something. And it would be like she would, you know, the Cowboys, her extended family. So that was like became a constant that she could always lean on. So, man, she's a beautiful person. She just lights up the room everywhere she goes, man. And uh, that's definitely something people need to check out, man. She has a real testimony. That's on my, my list in the back of my mind. But, um not even the documentary, I, that that deserves that feature film treatment, man. And so I'm kind of in the back of my mind, like I'm doing coming to Africa right now, but I'm definitely scheming and plotting on that in my head and, and thinking about maybe okay. Alfred Woodard or somebody who will, you know, like who will play her. So, you know, like I go that far with it, man. But yeah, she, she's a great person. So I, I had a, a great experience moving around with her doing that. Hey, don't don't knock that because the last time you had that idea, you made hard pill to swallow. Now that that was a lot on the serious side. It was documentary about pills, but it wasn't just about pills and the effects. It was like people who take them, the communities they affect, and how they treat them different. Man, if you that was a great documentary, and I learned a lot from that. Man, expand on that just a little bit. Man, uh, I appreciate that. So. With a, with a bitter pill to swallow, I actually started on that before the opioid epidemic and all this stuff became uh, a topic that everybody was aware of. And I just started connecting dots and seeing people around me like, wait a minute, like, what? You too? And when I realized what it was, like, wait a minute, okay, pills are becoming the drug of choice for a young generation. And I start putting myself in the mind of a teenager or a young person like, wait a minute, they probably think going in, they're doing something better. Oh, I'm not drinking alcohol. I'm not smoking weed. Um, this is something that doctors prescribe. So if this gets me a little high, I'm doing something better. I'm sure. I, I just was like, at that age, if it was popular, my friends were doing it. That's what, how I would have rationalized it in my mind. Like, wait, this is legal. Doctors prescribe this. It can't be bad. And when I saw the effects of it and what was really going on, it started getting personal stories. And then started having, having hit my young family members and then starting to understand. And then I started being like an informal, you know, doctor being able to diagnose. Like, you know, family members start coming to me like, all right, yeah, he's been doing this. He's been laying around all day. He's been acting like this. He did this. I'm like, yeah, he probably on those pills. You know, we need to try to get him some help. So it was that kind of thing. And I was just like, it's still, you know, opioids is one class of the drug. So I still was like, they still don't talk about the other ones. And just like crack versus powder cocaine and all of that, we going to get a hold of the cheaper mm -hmm. ones. So the black community going to get those. And nobody's still talking about that. Opioids cost more on the street. You know, that's a whole different class of drugs. And some of the cheaper ones that people will pop, you know, uh, they end up being a lot of the black, you know, the black kids is like, yeah, and not just kids, obviously, you know, um, adults too. But right. I was just like, man, for that to be that serious, like when this grabs you, you mean to tell me this is on the level of crack and heroin. Like when this gets you, it got you, and nobody was talking about it. I was like, no, I got to do my part and at least, you know, say something about it. And I was just like, hopefully people, you know, gravitate towards it. I was like, I don't care about making no money off this, whatever. I was just like, people need to see this. And we did, and I mean, like, it was a very serious thing, and you educated a lot of people. Now, with that said, that's probably going to be one of the most educational things we say in this in this interview. I'm going to go <laughs> all the way to the other side, go very juvenile, 
because before <laughs> before you got on this phone, before we uh, gave you a call, we were talking about something that's near and dear to our hearts, and it's about to start in a few weeks. Not just football, fantasy football. We get we get down uh-huh. over here. <laughs> now hey, I gotta you- know. Okay. I gotta know. Look, I'm not asking for picks. I'm not asking for your favorite player. But after doing your bio, even in this interview, you was born in Racine, Wisconsin, an hour right. away from Chicago. You live right. in Memphis. You got roots right. in Memphis. You uh, did the big document, well, soon to be documentary book with Miss Carolyn Price. You said a little bit that Cowboys probably rubbed off on you. So I, we got to know who's your team, because right now I got Titans, Bears, Cowboys, Packers. Who you rock with, man? None of the above, man. The Forty Niners, all day. Seriously, <laughs> since since eighty, since eighty six, since eighty six. Yeah. You have no connection to any <laughs> of uh, how? What made you? What made you rock with the Forty ers Man, it's a it's a it's a funny story, man. It's like, and I remember it vividly. Uh, so my father had uh, me and my brother, my older brother. We used to we had just started watching football like that '85 Bears season. I was a kid, so oh, yeah, we'd be sitting around kind of watching football. I was real young, but that was kind of what our father. Um, so the next year was like the first year we kind of got that love of it and start watching it ourselves. Like we watching it when he ain't around. You know, like we start watching games for the first time and it was just one night, Monday night football, random night, no special game, and the 49ers and the Giants was playing. And I'm like, we got bunk beds in the room. I'm on my top bunk. We watching Monday night football. And I'm like, oh, I heard of him. Oh, okay, that's Roger Craig. You know, that's Joe Montana. Oh, and I just fell in love with the style, man. In one game, I was like, that's my team. Oh, <laughs> Next man. Thing you know, I had the backpack posters on the wall, and I just I fell in love with it, man, for real. It just, ever since then, man, it's, it's really been like that. Gr- you know? Well, you didn't have uh, a lot of teams in Memphis growing up. Well, Tennessee wasn't a thing yet. They were still Houston. But in Racine, did you, get, you didn't get a couple of looks? You're the only person. That's Cheesehead territory. That's Bears territory. You, you get a couple yeah. looks. You got that red and gold. Yeah, I did. But see, you just made the important distinction because it's crazy growing up there because it's Wisconsin, but we in between uh, Chicago and Green Bay. So it go either way. So our city, you know, I think I got I got to stay out of the way because they fight with each other enough. You know, the Packers and Bears fans go at it so hard that. I could, you know, everybody else could just slip through the cracks. They look at us like we don't even matter. Like, get out of here. Like, I'm worried about them. So that's the true rivalry, man. And we get in the middle of that Packers-Bears rivalry. So the yeah, other fans, they just, you know, we get off easy. We just get to say what we want to say and do what we want to do. <laughs> All right, but speaking of saying what you want to say, doing what you want to do, I didn't ate up way more time than I thought I would. It's just been a joy just kicking with you talking about this project. But speaking of the project, Please let everybody know when they can check out Coming to Africa. Man, definitely. Coming soon. So stay tuned. Go to comingtoafricamovie.com. Jump on the list. Sign up so you can get the updates. So right now, it will be this fall. You know, I'm dealing with, you know, the situation that we're going through, the technical process. So I can't spit the exact date out right now, but definitely this fall uh, within a couple months. So y'all have it within two to three months is what I'll say. And that'll be on the wide release, all streaming platforms available. 
But um, definitely tap in, leave information, follow on social media so you can get that exact date when we announce it coming up soon. And also, I will post the social medias on our website and all the other good stuff. And I personally will keep up with it. So when it actually does come out, I can just give a little quick little, hey, look, look now. Here it come. So, yeah. yeah, appreciate that, man. Definitely. So thanks for just giving a call in real quick. Like I said, I ate up a little bit more of my time, but I kind of forgot, you know, just time flies. But one more time, your socials. Let's go and get up out of here. All right, so yeah, at Anwar Jameson, A-N-W-A-R-J-A-M-I-S-O-N, and that'll get you to me. All right, man, don't be no stranger. You welcome back to the podcast whenever you want. Thank you so much for uh, just calling in. Give us a little bit of your time. Thanks, Anwar. All right, thank you. So there you have it. That's my man, Anwar Jameson. Please check him out on all forms of social media, Anwar Jameson. Uh, man, uh, check him out. Check out Coming to Africa. Um, he, like he said, it's going to be on streaming services near you pretty soon. Man, this was a good one. I had my tag team partner here a minute ago, and apparently, guess the grown folks talking made him a little... Um, fell out of place he just took off but i want to thank you guys for listening um obviously uh shout out to um our good folks at the actor coordinating podcast with bash and z and also you can catch me on um a good podcast uh i, I loved i i showed back up my man mark from uh, stabby from my worst holiday man i was over there chopped it up with them did the whole socially distant zoom call uh with them on their podcast man it's just, it's, it was an awesome time so please check them out two podcasts i highly recommend the act accordingly podcast with bash and z and um uh, my worst holiday with mark uh, mark and stabby uh that's pretty much what i got that's my podcast. Check out my man Anwar Jameson and all his socials. Speaking of socials, you can catch us on all of ours. It's just talking with Sam, no G and talking on pretty much everything. Just talking with Sam, no G and talking on Facebook. No, just talking with Sam, no G and talking on Instagram. Just talking with Sam, no G and talking at um, Gmail if you want to send us a question. Um, I think I could, oh, on Twitter, I could be found at SamShow11, and your home for everything related to the podcast is SamShowNation.com. Man, I'm so amped. Let's go. I will catch you next week, but let's get ready for some football. All right. Peace out, y'all.